one of the cornerstones of the old management model, right? This management model of predicting control is planning, right? If we try to predict and control the future, um, the best way to do that is to have a very clear plan with lots of milestones and know exactly what we're going to do for the next year or even better for the next three years. And so it's, it's, it feels natural to say, okay, then when we go to sense and respond, then, then we'll throw planning out, right? Because planning is basically bad. You know, planning is sort of the old world. Um, and that's obviously too, too simplistic, right? And so that's one of the frequent misunderstandings that I've stumbled across. Um, so uh, planning isn't bad. Um, the problem about it is, is two things. Um, it's over planning and believing our plans, right? And I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into, into these two problems, right? Um, the, the first one is, is over planning, right? We tend to fall in love with our plans, right? And, and our capacity to plan. And so we, we make all these plans in situations where we don't actually need to plan. So the real question is, what is the minimum amount of planning that your business really needs, right? And in most cases, you'll be surprised by how little planning you need. Um, to give you a, a personal example, um, I did years ago a huge renovation of you know, what was basically a disused sort of workshop industrial space into what would become the place I, I used to live in. And so it was a huge renovation, at least for you know, my scale. And, um, and at first I wanted to have a very detailed plan. So you know, everything that was going to happen just to see when will it be ready and to be able to sort of track what you know, the, the contractors would do and the people who were working to help you know, me renovate that space. And then I realized like that, that makes no sense. You know, I can make all this detailed planning you know, for every week for the next year and a half. And of course, like, you know, within no time, this will be outdated. Um, and it will just put this huge stress on everybody, on me and people. And, um, you know, so that, that doesn't make any sense. And so I started thinking, what is really the thing that needs to be planned for? And I realized that in the whole renovation, there was only one thing that I needed to plan for, right? And that was, was the building going to be closed? So were the windows going to be in place before the winter? Because if they were in place before the winter, we could continue constructing, you know, inside and doing all sorts of things inside. If not, then we would have to pause for a number of months, right, to wait for, for spring. Uh, so that's the only thing that we needed to take, you know, into account in terms of planning, right? And this is just a personal experience, but of course, you know, all of you that know something about Agile, right? Agile has understood us in great depth, right, that we don't need sort of all of our waterfall plans and that the amount of planning that we need to do is actually very, very limited. Um, but still, some planning is needed, and that depends on your business, right? If I take one extreme, um, like Birzorg, they need to do very little planning, right? Um, but if you take, you know, if you're building an iPhone, the next generation of iPhones, there you probably need a lot of planning because, you know, there's just like these hundreds of components that come together from hundreds of suppliers and they all need to be, you know, to come together at the right moment for production to start. So there you need more planning. Um, so the real question is, um, how much planning do you need? And what's the minimum amount of planning uh, so that we don't, you know, fall in love with our capacities to plan and uh, the sort of the beautiful waterfall charts that we can make. And the, the second question is, you know, can we, um, you know, not actually believe our plans? 
you know, um, the problem is if we believe our plans, um, then we stop listening, right? So the whole notion of predicting control is, I've predicted the world now for the next three years, so I, I need to stop listening. Now we'll just execute a plan, we'll just do all the milestones, right? And in three years we'll listen again, right? And you, you have that in a lot of traditional organizations. Every two or three years they will make another three-year or five-year plan, right? And in the meantime, you know, they don't actually worry about, you know, listening to what's happening out there in the world and how has the world changed. Um, and so that's what we want to avoid. We want to continuously sense the response. So um, even if we do a minimum amount of planning, um, once we've planned, it's not like we've cast it in stone. Um, it's just the opposite. You know, we constantly revisit it. You know, so whatever document we write or whatever planning we have is, is truly a living document because we constantly revisit it and constantly update it and change it. Um, so rather than casting it in stone and stop listening. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to clarify this in case you fell for this misunderstanding and just said like, hey, let's stop all planning. No, listen, what is the minimum amount of planning that we do? And once we've done that, can we not cast it in stone, but consider this as a living planning and constantly revisit it based on what we sense and you know, how we respond, you know, based on what we see changes in the world around us. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.